Good day, thinkers, thought leaders, progressives, and dreamers. I am Craig, the writer, Stewart, and this is so much to say. This is actually our fourth season, and so we hope that you missed us. We hope that you missed the shows, but this gave us an opportunity to kind of reflect, refresh, and come up with some new show ideas. And of course, I'm on a book tour, the So Much to Say book tour. I'll be in Maryland, South Carolina, Los Angeles. Those details are on my website, www.craigtherightofstewart.com. Just click on the Where He'll Be tab, and all of the details are there. So if this is your first time listening to So Much to Say, do me a favor right now before we begin, go ahead and hit the subscribe or follow button. No matter where you are, we're available for free in Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, wherever you can listen to a podcast, we are there. Or you can listen directly from my website. There's a podcast tab at the top. Click that and then just go ahead and enjoy. So this is our first show back. I just wanted to kind of frame the show for you. We're going to do it a little differently this season. We are speaking with hairstylist, hair magician even, Michael Ray. And his specialty is man weaves. So in this show, we're going to talk about his clientele, how he got started, and the customer that he services. Listen and enjoy. This is very personal work for me. Politics. Politics. I believe I was called to Sex. tell my story, use my voice, be a Game. voice for Game. the community, to speak Game. to Game. and for a community of people Game. that's been ignored, denied, love, love, relationships. relationships, religion. This is my life's work. Religion, religion. I want to use words to. Uplift, heal, inspire, encourage. Do something different. Every Monday at 10. So, you know, a lot of times people use topical treatments. Yes. Like kaleidoscope. Like that's a big thing like on Instagram. And it's supposed to be like these miracle drops. Do you think things like that work? And then I know some people use like um, African, um, what's the oil called? Jamaican. Jamaican castor castor oil. oil. Right. Those things do help to rejuvenate hair growth. Kaleidoscope? or no, kaleidoscope. Like, not kaleidoscope. Um, oils and things that, like peppermint oil, tea tree oil, that help um, stimulate. stimulate blood circulation to the scalp. Uh-huh. Helps with hair growth. Hair growth, if it is in a particular way. Um, if you are like something, say for instance, something is going on hormonally or mm-hmm. something is going on with diet, that's mm-hmm. one thing. Mm-hmm. But if you are predisposed to male pattern hair loss, it's not going to help. It's not going to help. Now, aside from that, do you think products like Kaleidoscope work? Because like, it's they all the meant, rave. They are meant in a certain capacity. They are meant to fill in. They are not meant to create. So it can <laughs> fill in Kaleidoscope? It, it, it can fill in. Like a lot of times, even when it comes to, like I said, working in different capacities, like if there is a wig or a unit or even sometimes with tracks, and someone who has a full head of hair, if you want the hair to look thicker or fuller, you use that. Mm-hmm. But it's not meant for somebody who's bald to go and create a whole head of head hair. Of hair. Um, it's just gonna look. It's gonna look unnatural. It's not gonna look. It's not gonna look natural at all. By far. <laughs> That's where you get the all those those memes of people who have the the Beijing, head, the Beijing and it's just like shiny and it's just yeah. it's, it's unnatural. It's just it's not a good look. To fill in, it's one thing, but... Okay, so when I think about hair weaves, mm-hmm. I, initially I think about women, and I think most people probably think about women being, like a hair unit or piece being for women. 
but would you would you agree or would you say something? I would different? completely disagree. Okay. I think that you have to look at the context. Mm-hmm. When you look at historically and throughout various cultures throughout history, wigs have been worn by men and women. Um, even ancient Egyptian wigs were worn. Um, you have the powder wigs of the English, where men wore wigs, and I'm not. I don't know all the details about that, but I know that the judges or, or someone in the mm-hmm. in the political arena wore right. wigs. Yeah. Um, so there's been different moments and times where men have worn wigs, and it's not exclusive to women. But currently, in our current state, most people do refer to extensions, wigs, and weaves, and they think of women. But men have been wearing toupees for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, they've also been wearing wigs, and, and especially in the film industry, well, you have to change up looks, or hair has to be, you have to have time period changes. Right. Um, so there's, there's different things. And now that that, that, that veil has been broken, mm-hmm. and a lot of things that used to be really, really exclusive have become mainstream, mainstream and very common day, mm-hmm. um, like lace front wigs, at one point were very exclusive to a certain, I don't want to say caliber, but a certain um, group of people, people who were performers or people who were in Broadway, or right. people who were performers, but now your girl around the way is wearing a weave. Right. So, because, <laughs> really I mean, initially weren't like lace front wigs initially attended for like television, film, yes. and stage? Yes, yes. But you have like, everyday people walking everyday around people. wearing them yeah. now. Because you weren't supposed to see the, the, not, the line in not, the front. You're not. You're not supposed to see that. Um, and it's just, you're not supposed to see it, and that's where the expertise comes in. Okay. Um, when you're dealing with an expertise of something where people are really, really trained to, and they know a lot about the lace, they know about different lace, they know about wefting, they know about um, ventilation, mm-hmm. which is actually where you put the hairs in the lace. Okay. When um, you get that involved, there's another skill set. But when you have someone who waters it down and, you know, makes it a little bit more accessible, some of that skill is lost. Some so are you self-taught? Or did a you lot go to- of things I'm self-taught. I've been a cosmetologist. I've been a licensed cosmetologist since 2005. Uh-huh. And I'm licensed in both North Carolina and Georgia. But um, professionally, I have that background. But I've been doing hair since middle school. And you're how old now? I am. <laughs> well, they can't, they can't see you. I'm, I'm 35. Okay. I'm 35 now. I'll be 36, actually, at the end of the year. But um, <laughs> I've been doing hair for a long while. So uh-huh. a lot of things were self-taught. My grandmothers were hairstylists. My mm-hmm. maternal grandmother, in particular, was a hairstylist. So... Um, just growing up with that tutelage of just being around hair mm-hmm. all the time made, I just picked up on things. So are most of your clients that you do weaves on, are they mostly men or are they women? They have transitioned to being a, a predominantly male clientele. And that's that's just part of my transition to Atlanta anyway. Okay. Because when I was in North Carolina, like I, like I said, I've been doing hair since middle school. Right. Literally, I literally had a clientele since middle school. So... Um, a lot of them were family and friends, so it was more balanced. But being here in Atlanta, a lot of my friends and a lot of my associates are more so male. So, because that's been the pool of my clientele. So, would you say that the the predominant client is gay males or just male, gay and straight males? Gay and straight males. Okay. Yeah, gay and straight males. It's not just that. That it's not, and that's the thing. Like it's, it's a hairstyle. It's, yeah. It's, it's a hair option. Right. Um. So it has nothing to do with sexual identity. It has nothing right. to do with sexual orientation. I think that sometimes those things give people privy to try things. Right. They don't feel a lot of the... Limitations. The limitations. And they don't feel the restrictions and, and, and the judgment about certain things. Because I've often said that with when it comes to uh, black men, straight and gay, 
um, we're expected to be linear. Yes. We're expected, we're not expected to experiment with our hair, experiment with fashion, you know, whatever, color, whatever. Be interested in the arts. And because if you are, then there's this automatic assumption that, oh, well, perhaps he's gay or maybe he's sexually fluid or whatever. Right. So if you had to say between gay male clients and heterosexual male clients, which is your predominant customer? Um, once again, like I said, <laughs> because <laughs> a lot of my friends yeah. um, happen to be gay. Okay. A lot of my friends happen to be um, <laughs> happen to be same gender loving. Okay. Um, a lot of them are. Right. I, I won't say that. Actually, I have, like I said, I have a, a, quite a few that are. But I'm just I curious. No, I, no, I'm not trying to make a point about gay men that yeah. do it. I'm really trying to make a point about heterosexual men that do yes. it because yes. there's probably because just like there's this. Um, there really isn't this openness about heterosexual men that have plastic surgery. Right. And they that's actually, a whole, yeah. Yeah, and they do. Yes. So I'm just yes. trying to drive the point home that this isn't... Right. And, and this is, it's, it's more so probably reflective of me uh-huh. and myself. Um, I'm sure if you went to... Which, that space, which is interesting because this is why I've kind of been late getting into barbering, period. Okay. Um, that space... And that male-dominated space and that very testosterone-driven space mm-hmm. has um, always been something I kind of shied away from. So you're just saying that most of your clients have traditionally been women? Yes, okay. before getting into male hair extensions. And I started this about 2013 and kind of went from there, um, really starting to do more male extensions. But um, I, I really hated going to barbershops. Because, because it was just, of it was just this macho male, machismo. yeah, just this chauvinism, and I just I really never liked those spaces. Okay. I didn't like the, and it had nothing to do about, it had to do with actually, the 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 um the thoughts and the way that people would talk, the, the thoughts the men, and mentality, yeah, the way yeah. that men would talk, and the conversation, like, yeah, it just was not something I wanted to be around. Right, you know, it kind of makes me think of. Um, when I was applying to colleges, mm-hmm. um, I remember guidance counselors and people saying, well, why don't you apply to Morehouse? You should go to Morehouse. And for those listening who may not know, Morehouse College is an all-male college. Mm-hmm. And because I was unsure or struggling, rather, mm-hmm. with my sexuality at that time, I didn't want to go to an all-male college because oh, wow. of those same reasons yeah. that you're talking about. I didn't feel comfortable in those spaces. Now, yeah. I'm beyond that now. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I didn't feel comfortable in those spaces where it was all men. Now, of course, knowing what I know now, Morehouse, those... <laughs> well, no, I, I know what you think I was going to say. No, that's a read. But, no, no, no. <laughs> what I was going to say was what I know now is Morehouse students, they, they, all, they actually um, blend the students. Yeah. So, yeah. Some of the, so, you thought I was going to say something. No, no, no. no, no. Yeah. But some <laughs> of the students at Morehouse actually have classes with Spelman girls. So, the classes are mixed. Okay, yeah. Some of them. Okay, no. That's the, that's not the point that I thought you were making. I know. <laughs> but no, I was gonna say actually, you know, that's my family. A lot of the males in my family have kind of made those spaces a little bit more comfortable for yeah. me. Yeah. But typically, I never like being in those spaces with mm-hmm. a lot of men. I always like to be in spaces because, and, and the sad thing is, a lot a lot of times women tended to be a lot more. They used to be a lot more um, thought evolved. Mm-hmm. But I must say, women sometimes shock me when it comes to the response to men wearing weaves. So start, start, start me where you said thought evolved. Why did you say women used to be a lot more thought evolved? Because when I would talk to women or I would be in those spaces, a lot of times because of what they experience, mm-hmm. um, they tend to be a little bit more present as far as their emotional space or as far as being communicative. Uh-huh. Um, 
and just being able to talk about their ideas and where they're at and their perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are certain things that women would talk about that would just jar me. And like, <laughs> like, like case in point, I'll never forget um, Erica Campbell <laughs> had made a post um, in response earlier on when a lot of my work was circulating uh-huh. in like the shade room and, uh-huh. and Erica Campbell from Mary Mary yeah. <laughs> had made a comment about just go bald like, in reference to men. In just other saying, words, don't use the option don't of... Don't wear male extensions. Right. And it's like, you are a woman, first of all, who's in the inspiration, in, 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 this, in inspirational music right. genre. Um, and you're also a woman who wears weaves and extensions. Right. You're a black woman. So right. you should... And I, I thought because of those identities that she would have a more evolved and not be so limited in her yeah, thinking. Yeah. But um, we've since seen similar conversations or responses from her sister Tina. So yeah, yeah. We probably shouldn't expect them to be evolved. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think that what uh, uh, that's part of the issue that I have mm-hmm. when it comes to, uh, especially as a as a community of black ancestry or African American mm-hmm. diaspora, right? Yeah. Um, African ancestry. I'm really like I, I'll go on the whole tangent about that, but um, mm-hmm. how we approach the world yeah. with experiences that may be alien to us, right? Yeah, some things I haven't experienced, but I should be able to relate, be open or, to be it, open to it, even a dialogue. But that's part of what I wanted to try to do with this podcast. That's that's really why I, the germ of why I wanted to start this podcast because it's not just about conversations about men or male hair pieces or uh, sexuality. It's also about travel. When we talk about people of color or black people, because mm-hmm. I'm speaking from a space of a black, as a black person, we're sometimes very limited in our travel. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll go down to the Caribbean. We'll go down to the Bahamas and swear we're doing something. Or we'll go down to Jamaica, but we won't go to Thailand yes. or Beijing. And, yes. you know, just space, places like that. Let me ask you this. Did you get into man weaves, quote unquote, yes. <laughs> because you needed to have hair extensions? Yes. So I, being a cosmetologist and being well-versed and well-knowledgeable about hair loss, male uh-huh. pattern baldness, uh-huh. um, and what I was expecting, because not only is my father... Mm-hmm. Um, but it actually comes through the trait from the maternal side. Yeah, so it's, maternal, it's a trait yeah, yeah. from the mother so side. So if the maternal father is bald, there's a likelihood that the yeah. son will also lose hair. Or even sometimes the daughter, too. Uh-huh. It just depends. Yeah. But, um, so I knew that that was something <laughs> in my future. Right. And I was dreading it uh-huh. with, with all preparation that I could make to try to curtail it. So when did you start experiencing hair loss? 20s. Okay. Around my 20s. Um, yeah. By the time mid-20s, I really started noticing a lot of hair loss. Okay. Um, and so it got to a point where it was just like, I, I got to do something about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to... Because I loved hair, and I loved hair as an expression. And, I, um, and it really started... What happened for me was I was taking some post-baccalaureate classes at Georgia State. Mm-hmm. And... Of course, at this point in my life, I was a little bit older. So, because this is like 2013, 2014, and I was um, amidst so many younger guys mm-hmm. who had full heads of hair. Yeah, yeah. I saw so many different hair expressions, and here I am. I was limited to what I could do with my hair because it, it only grew like in the top. I was starting like I was starting to experience male pattern baldness. So uh-huh. in the top, in the crown, thin, in the crown, uh-huh. in the frontal area. Uh-huh. Um, but you know what I've noticed? A lot of men. And I almost wanted to say a lot of black men, but a lot of men experience 
hair thinness around the sides. Because I've had a cowlick since I was a kid. Yeah. And I've, as I've gotten a little older, it's gotten thinner. Yes. Yes. Um, but you know, that's a whole other conversation about just what's in the foods and how yeah. our diet is yeah. and what our environment is. Um, because I don't think my grandfather and my father experienced hair loss as early as I did. Okay. And I have a cousin who lost hair even earlier than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some family members that lost hair earlier. I think part of the reason for me too was like in my twenties, I had braids, and you know, and that was before people like now I see young guys getting braids, but they'll uh, this whole bang situation. Yeah, they'll do this whole bang <laughs> kind of correct. They'll line the front <laughs> yeah. and they'll start the braids like a quarter of an inch back. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, some of that it depends. It really just depends on what you're predisposed to genetically. True, exactly. Because there are people who do the most to their hair. Uh-huh. As far as texturizing, yes. as far as color, yes. um, so that's the whole chemical piece, and then you also have the tension piece of braids right. and, and locks, and then like you said, and diet. they're fine, yeah, um, and they don't have any issues with their hair loss. But those who are genetically predisposed to it are more sensitive to those things. Okay, so it expedites right. the whole process. Right. Um, so, so you're in your twenties, and you're starting I mean, to experience this loss. I'm in the twenties. I'm starting to experience that loss. I um, so I had just started wearing a buzz. I had just started wearing a low fade. Um, mm-hmm. But then, like I said, I was taking the post-baccalaureate classes, and I was seeing all these guys with all these different hair expressions, and I was like, well, let me just try something. You know, like, these people are, I was new to Atlanta. Okay. Um, so you didn't start, you didn't put your first weave in it was for yourself until you were in 2013, Okay. Yeah. And so I, you tried I, on yourself first. Yeah, yeah. I mastered it on myself first. Okay. And then I had a friend who was like, man, your hair is dope. I want to try it. And so I tried it on him. Didn't show his face. Um, okay. I did like this little wave Caesar so, cut. So was he experiencing hair loss too? He was experiencing. He so was, this only been, works for people who are experiencing hair no, loss. No, no, no. Okay. It hair options in hair hair extensions, male hair extensions are for it's you can there's a in whole a variety right. of expression. Well, let me let me say this too for those that are listening. When we say extensions, it's not necessarily down the back. No. It can look like a regular fade. Yeah, it can look like a fade. Or I have a, um, I have clients that have longer hair uh-huh. that want to maybe go back to a shorter cut. Right. So it, it gives a lot of versatility. Right. It's, okay. it's really just a hair option. It's, okay. it's, it's what you want to, how you want to wear your hair. Right. So it's no different than a, than a woman who has long hair going for a bob or going right. for a shortcut. And right. And she conceals her hair up right. under it. Right. So you tried on yourself first. Tried on myself first, mastered it on myself. And because I had a well-versed knowledge of working with weaves and extensions with women, it became very applicable for myself Mm -hmm. and working with men. It was just making it a little bit more masculine, having a more masculine appeal. Okay. Yeah. So so then your friend said, I want to try it. And then my friend was like, I want to try it. Did it on him. And it was on my social media for a long while. And it mm-hmm. wasn't until I was at the hair show and I was actually working with Mono's hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had circulated. She had liked the picture or something. And it ended up circulating from there. Mm-hmm. Um, then Healthy Hair Journey had re- reposted it. And the next thing I knew, The Shade Room had reposted it. Mm-hmm. And all of the things were really, really positive comments. Mm-hmm. So... It was really, really like, wow, what's this happening? And it was really, it, the, the one thing that the Shade Room was, was commenting on was how you wouldn't be able to tell. Right. Um, and that was the one of the main things. A weave or an extension, I don't care, male, female, in between, mm-hmm. whatever, trans, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. If you have an extension or if you have um, some kind of, of, of weave, it should, it should look as natural as possible. Right. In my perspective. Right, right. 
So, um, yeah, that was one of the things that was a compliment. So, so how did you know how to charge? Because at this point, you had just done it for yourself and for your friend. Yeah. You hadn't done it for... You hadn't but, I mean, it's, it's the same thing. It's just I made it applicable for men. So, it's like the same thing I would charge my women clients. So, how much would it cost for a man? Typically. That's the thing. I, I, when it comes to the pricing... Uh, it varies. It varies. Okay. It literally varies. It depends. Because I've worked on... I've worked in various capacities. Mm-hmm. I've worked um, session work. So, session work is a whole nother rate. Session work meaning? Photo shoots. Okay. Um, things that pertain to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked on set. That's a whole nother pay rate. That's right. another pay scale. I've worked with a company. I'm education lead for... Um, L'Oreal's Multicultural Beauty mm-hmm. Division. So that's a whole nother pay grade. So okay. <laughs> when it comes okay. to charging clients and 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 working with them individually, it depends. I'm not one of those people that say you have to charge this and you have to charge that because you know, as a stylist, right. you know where you are and even also as a consumer, you know how much you want to... To um, pay for something, for right. Something. Yeah. Once it started to kind of spread on social media, I guess, did your clientele increase? That was the thing, because <laughs> it gets kind of messy right there. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's, I've never really fully disclosed the backstory behind. So we're gonna get a first here. Yes. Okay. Um, the backstory is. <laughs> As I slide the microphone slide closer. The, mic closer. Um, the backstory is I was working with Rico Chappelle. Okay. The designer. Um, the designer. Uh-huh. He um, he had saw my work, and he also saw the social media following and the buzz that I was getting and the gener- generating from that. Mm-hmm. So we had started working together. But at the time, people were hitting me up literally worldwide. I was getting emails. I was getting DMs from mm-hmm. people in London, like Africa, like all over the place. So I was getting hit up like literally worldwide. And I'm just a little country boy from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And even though I had had... Um, my my career in a certain space, mm-hmm. I had not had it in that space and right. in that particular way, and I didn't know exactly how I wanted to to work in that space. Wow. Um, and I knew that I wanted to be very sensitive to identity. That was one of the things that what I wanted to, because I didn't want it to, I didn't want it to seem queenie, and I didn't want the and hair I, not, and stuff. yes, right. and I uh, use that word. I'm taking ownership of that word because I, I'm a part of the community. I know, I know what you say that. I know exactly. Yeah, I just, but for those of you that may have tissue paper feelings, yeah, so. and those that may not be in the community, you right. can't use that, you can't use that word. <laughs> yeah, I tell them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I didn't want it to come across in a way that men who may not be same gender loving would would have a reproach to it. Right. So right. Um, I was thinking about all these things, whereas Rico was not. Um, so what happened was. Because I wasn't skilled at, in barbering, mm-hmm. I would do his application of his extensions, and then he would go and get his hair barbered. Okay. And they were questioning about my technique. And so at that point, I was like, we need to kind of do some kind of non-disclosure. So is this something that probably you probably need to trademark? When it comes to trademarking and... What's the other thing? It's not trademark, but... Um, gosh, I can't think of it. But um, you can't trademark a technique. Okay. It's almost like a recipe book. Like, you can't... It would have to be something proprietary. Yeah, yeah. You can't okay. do it. Um, the word is just escaping me. I can't think of it. But anyway, it's not trademark, but it's... Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so... Copywriting. Copywriting and all that stuff, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Licensing. So, he... Because I asked him to sign a non-disclosure agreement, because he was getting a little mouthy and just right, and telling people and just telling people about the technique and, and things that and that's the hard thing as a stylist. Mm-hmm. We we do things and because of this technique, it's not hard for another stylist to peep game and then be, and recreate it. Right. Um, and so I wanted to keep exclusivity at that time for that. Mm-hmm. 
But like I said, <laughs> I asked him to sign a non-disclosure. He was like, it's too late. We're too far in the game. And we decided to part ways. And so then he released his whole video, which really became, it became very viral. What video was that? It's when he literally pulls the toupee off. Oh, to show. To show the whole application technique. Now, mind you, this is a designer. And a fashion, a, a clothing, design. clothing designer. And you're in this other space. And you're in another space. And and one of the things, secrets. disclosing secrets, as well as just making a mockery of what I thought mm-hmm. should mm-hmm. be very sensitive because I wanted it to be something that did not repel men who what? may be sensitive because of who's right. presenting it. Right. Um, and I always wanted to present things in a way that is very um, welcoming to people mm-hmm. that, in a way that, you know, be like, oh, okay, I'll try that. Not right. in a way like, hell no, I'm not about to try that with right, you, right. queen it out like that, and doing all this other stuff, or I know how, you know, because then it makes it seem like it's for a certain space, yeah. or for a certain It's group. just for gay men, or yeah. men who want to be women. Right, right, yeah. or men who want to be, like, fabulous and over the time, right, right. doing too much, yeah. So that's the backstory. So even from there, um, he began to get a lot of, a lot of circulation related to male extensions. Uh-huh. Um, and in the video, if you'll notice, like, because truth be told, like, I have, like, if you look on my um, on my feed years back when I first started doing it, um, he's earlier in those pictures. Yeah. But then he does his video sometime. After that, he doesn't name me because of the whole way we fell out. Um, mm. Which was neither here nor there. Um, mm. But there's a lot, the, the thing, to bring a happy ending to the story, I'm glad that it's made it's made this topic um, something that has become a lot more mainstream. Um, mm-hmm. There are a lot of men who are considering it and a lot of men who are doing it. Barbering services have literally become so much farther extended because right. now not only are you doing a every a two weeks shape up right. and a cut, but now and, and some of them even barely wanted to do color, but right. now they're full out doing extensions. Yeah. So it's it's made something. I feel like I was a part of something, and not, yeah. not in, of, a, of, a, of a culture of shift. An evolution of, yeah, a, of, a, of a, a culture shift. Um, and then also too, because I don't like to unjustly take credit or say that I was a part of something. Uh-huh. Um, I was a part of something being presented in a certain space, uh-huh. and then from somewhere someone else took it on. And that's the one thing I can say in you know, in a very positive gesture right. is that he did make it available in a in a more. In a broader, in a broader, in a broader audience. Mm-hmm. So, so how long does it take to install? Is it quicker to install a male or a female? It's a lot quicker to in- install male units. Okay, because it's and it depends on the situation. Um, with a lot of times with women who have hair, you have to conceal their hair first right. and, then, and, then, yeah. and then do the application. But if a man is bald and he's rocking a George Jefferson, it is mm-hmm. literally like glue on, paste on, and ready right. to go. So do so. you use the same <laughs> sorts of hair or do you pull from a different... Hair depends on stylistic options and choices. Uh-huh. So I'll use myself for example. I tend to like my hair to be straighter or wavier. Uh-huh. Um, so, and my hair, I mean, I can have a tight coil to my hair as well. Uh-huh. But so the hair that I choose to wear usually is along those lines. Uh-huh. Um, but if I wanted to wear something a little bit with a tighter coil, I can do that as well. Uh-huh. So it just depends on how the male wants to wear. Right. The male or whoever wants to wear the right. hair. So, it's, so, so like with women, it's either, because uh, I don't know a lot about hair. Okay, so, okay, yeah. So like with women, is it like a lace front, tracks, no, and see, it's it's not like it's a separate. It's a not gender specific. Yeah, it's pulling. not. So you're pulling from not the same specific. batch of hair. Yeah, it's hair is hair. Okay, hair is hair. And even when it comes to that, I'm glad we're having this point too because one of the things I learned over my career, and it's especially very early in my education as a hairstylist, 
in cosmetology is that you address hair. You don't address Gender. ethnicity, uh-huh. culture, um, identity. Yeah. Those things don't matter. Like, is your hair straight? Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm, I'm great, glad that, I'm grateful that now we have this whole, now it's, you know, for most people who are in layman terms, like this 4C, 4B, all this other stuff, 3B, curls, and all this other stuff. Okay. It goes from a 1 to a 4, and then you have all these curl. Uh-huh. So it's, that's a whole other conversation, conversation that stylists yeah. have. But I appreciate that perspective because it relates to hair and hair only. Because being a person of color, we come in all different hair yeah. types. Yeah. Um, Lily, my grandfather had hair with Lily. You can lick it, <laughs> lick and your lick head and lay it lay down. It down yeah. Um, now, my mom, she has a whole other texture of hair. Right. Um, she did not get her father's hair. but right. um, So we come in a wide array of, uh-huh. of hues and colors and, and textures and hair types. So um, I always speak to hair. And what so have you now perfected your barbering skills? Or do you still just install and have them go and get their barber? Now, truth to be told, this is, is I'm at a point in my career where I'm just desiring more. Uh-huh. Um Hair has been fun, but I feel like it's a vehicle. It has been a vehicle to something greater for me. Okay. Um, currently, my... my and, and actually, this whole thing with male hair extensions helped me to realize that. Um, one of my, my passions now are cultural identity and spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still do hair. I still practice hair. Uh, um, really, right now, what, and even with being clientele-based, I'm not trying to focus so much on being clientele-based. Because I don't want to be limited. Right. So you're meaning um, you want to be more I like, freelance currently. Right. Um, so like I said, I work with L'Oreal. Right. I do set work. I do session work. Right. I, I work in a variety of capacities. Uh-huh. As opposed to just doing... As opposed day. to just doing a clientele and that's what I strictly want to do. Right. Even, um, I haven't gone back into the salon. I've just been freelancing. Mm-hmm. And when I first... I've previously always worked in the salon. So you were working um, in a salon or did you ever have your own salon? I've had my own salon. I've okay. done the whole gamut. Okay. <laughs> I worked in a salon um, earlier on. I started my career in Charlotte, North Carolina uh-huh. with Dorikas Crawford at Hair by Him. Um, when I moved, then I um, moved to my hometown of Shelby, North Carolina, and okay. I did my own business there. Um, then I moved here in 2013. I worked at Derek J Salon at uh-huh. the J Spot. And then um, shortly after that, I worked at Nick Nelson Salon, uh-huh. pressed hair. And then I just decided that for me it was a better fit for me just to freelance um, okay. because I just knew at, at that time I was just kind of wanting to be able to move more freely. And was there ever a period when you decided to freelance that it was a grind, if you will, where you were like really like hustling to get to the L'Oreal's and to the, to the set work and that kind of thing? Or had, it, had you taken that leap once there was a buzz behind what Michael Ray does? Well, this is the thing. Um... My life has been, and this is why I'm at this at this point where I'm really just trying to decide my next direction. Mm-hmm. I've always had guidance, and I've always had what what's called providence that's been leading me. I'm really grateful to know a lot of the best hairstylists in the world, and it just happened by happenstance. Mm-hmm. Um, like Johnny Wright is a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And that's what was doing Michelle, Michelle Obama's, Obama's hair, hair. Right. and it's not like I was like, oh, I have to strategically move in this way and network yeah, yeah. with this group of people. It happened before all that moment I've happened had, for that, me. That, what that goes to the idea of your gift makes room for yes, for yes. You. And so um, even with Larry Sims, who brought me on the latest project, one of the projects that are going to be released in September the twenty first, mm-hmm. um, Napoli Ever After that I just worked on. Now I'm not familiar with Larry Sims. Larry Sims, oh, you need. Oh, I'm Larry is the man. Person. I'm a but writer. Larry is the man. Okay, who is he, Larry? He Sims? does everyone's hair in in LA. Okay. 
Okay. He's, he's really huge in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, this black guy, white guy. It's a black guy. Okay. So he um, he, he wor- usually works with Sanaa, Lathan. Okay. Gabrielle Is he the Union. one that cut her hair? Now he cut her hair. He was behind all the looks. Okay. Now here's a little bit behind the scenes. Um, Larry worked the first part. I was working in Larry's space when he he had to take some um, take a, 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 a vacation okay. in between the project, and so I filled in for him. So it was right after she had shaved her hair on camera. So uh-huh. it was literally like she had patches over right. all over the place. So yeah, it was it was that moment when I had to step in. Um, okay. So I was able to shave her hair, give her a nice buzz, and then okay. start the whole process for her. Okay. And Larry already had the pieces set out and the looks already established. So How long does this man weave last? So it depends on your personal lifestyle. It's uh-huh. just like... It's so like working out so and working swimming. out. So there's, it depends on your application too. Because okay. there's, there's a variety of applications. There's this... Tell me we're getting expensive now. <laughs> no, well, the funny thing is, um, Samaj, and I don't, I'm not sure of his, his full name, but I know him as Samaj. But anyway, mm-hmm. he has mastered a technique where he uses bulk care and glue. Bulk? Um, bulk care. So okay. bulk care is just like free, free loose hair. Okay. It's not on a weft. It's not on a track. Right. Um, and he masters this look that uses that technique. Um, that's one technique. Mm-hmm. Then there's lace systems, which actually has a lace unit. Um, and then um, there's also the quick weave technique, where mm-hmm. it's on a weft and you glue the hair and you just glue the, the tracks very, you glue them in sequence and create the style and create the look. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are three of the most common techniques that are used. Each one of them have a different duration. Okay. Um, with the bulk method and the quick weave technique, both of those don't lend more so to reapplication. So, in other words, once once it's washed out, it's done. It's done. Right. It's done. Okay. Now, with the quick weave, you can. It depends on what kind of foundation it is. You can sometimes reapply it, but it's not really made to do that. Okay. Um, so when it comes to you, the, go ahead. when it comes to the lace systems, lace systems are typically designed for reapplication. Okay. So lace systems. Um, you take them off, you apply them, you take them off, you clean the, la- the glue off, you clean the lace, mm-hmm. and then you reapply them. And so they, what's, the, what's the duration of, for each of them, typically? So the glue and the bonds usually are going to last anywhere from three to five weeks, and okay. that's just standard. Um, the glue, that's there's two different types of glue. You have a water-based glue, mm-hmm. which comes out more like, and for layman's term, it comes out almost like Elmer's glue. It's, okay. it's a white paste Why, uh-huh. glue. It comes out, and then you have an acrylic glue. It's clear. Which it's clear, um, and it's it's a little bit it's a little bit more tacky in touch from the time it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the typical glues, glues that are used. Um, the acrylic glue tends to last a little bit longer, but it's a little bit messier. Okay. Um, so usually most. Professionals prefer that, but most people who, when it comes to um, easier application, prefer a water-based glue. Mm-hmm. Um, but those last anywhere from three to five weeks. Um, a little bit longer, depending on if your scalp perspires or if you have, with perspiration comes also your oil glands. Mm-hmm. So um, that's going to interfere with the bonds of the glue, and so it's going to make it loose. So, like, working out and things like that? Working out. Now, some people, like, it depends. Some people don't sweat in certain spaces. Right. Some people don't sweat from their heads, even when they're working out. Right. Like, I'm someone who sweats profusely. So, right. um, I sweat from my scalp. So, it's 
drenched. I'm so drenched how from head often to toe. would you have to replace your Now, I'm a whole nother case <laughs> because I'm just like always doing the most. Um, I literally apply my hair like anywhere from one and a half weeks to every every week. Just because I'm just, every time I get in the shower, I wash, I wash my hair, like I at least wet my hair. Right. Um, I co-wash my hair a lot of times where it's just running conditioner through Co-wash, my hair. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but every time I get in the shower, my hair is going to get wet. Mm-hmm. Usually, typically, um, Every time I get in the shower, I wet my now, hair. Now, how long does it take you to apply your own? Oh, 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. It's like, so you just have, like, hair at your house and you just apply Literally, like, if, I, if I took the unit I have off now, this is usually how my, my routine goes. If I, it depends on how I, if I have to shave my head. Um, to but, shave it bald? Yeah, just to clean up what's up under here. Like, it okay. looks outgrown. But um, I'll remove the hair. I'll put it in the solution that I let it soak in. I'll go take my shower. I'll wash my hair while I'm in the shower. Uh-huh. I'll come back, I'll finish cleaning the unit, and within 15 minutes of applying the, the unit, it's on. So the one that you have, or the mm-hmm. one that you wear, you can reapply it? Yes, yes. Okay. It's a lace unit. So what if you were to take it off, what does it look like? Is, does it look like George Jefferson. No, no you don't. I don't mean your head. I mean the unit. <laughs> the unit looks like, it just looks like how it looks on my head. It should be laying on the table. Okay, so it's, it's like that. It's like a circular, basically. Yeah, it's, it's, it's from, from point... From my corner okay. to my right and left, and then it goes about to almost where this little hump is in the back, which is okay. the occipital bone. Um, what is it called? The occipital. So it's okay. so funny because I, I'm, I, as being a cosmetologist, I'm used to very, very specific terms. So it goes from parietal ridge all the way to mm-hmm. the parietal ridge, ridge all the way back to the occipital bone. Okay. Um, and it just depends on what I, what look I'm going for. Because sometimes I've worn full units too. So which What's cover? A full unit? A full unit is not a toupee. A toupee... So, so this is the whole thing. There's a lot of conversation, a lot of terms that are just used. Uh-huh. Now, man weaves, all the other stuff is just something that's usually commonly referred to male extensions, period. Uh-huh. Men who are getting extensions, man weaves. And this kind of has, you know, a, a connotation to it, but who cares? Um, but toupees typically are units that are usually from anywhere from 9 by 7 to 8 by 10 and they cover that area in the top. Okay. Um... When it comes to um, and toupees can also be track or lace units. Mm-hmm. Um, full units are units that are basically a wig, mm-hmm. and so when it goes into wigs, wigs can be lace front wigs, or they can be um, full lace wigs. And full lace wigs means that there's lace all the way through, and it's like scalp all the way through. So you have free parting; you can part it anywhere. With with wefted hair, you can't part where there's a, a, a track. So what's the difference between a wig and a toupee? The size. Size measurements. Okay, measurements. So a wig. I mean, like all these things are kind of interchangeable because like, I mean, I might say I'm about to wash my wig or something right, like that. It's right, just right, jokingly, right. but um, wigs. Like I said, wigs usually cover the full yeah, head. Yeah. Um, they literally are meant to to have the whole appearance of a full head of hair. Right. Um, a toupee covers usually eight by seven, anywhere from nine by six. Eight. Uh, sorry, let me. Ten, eight by ten mm-hmm. or nine by seven. Okay. Are usually the measurements for for wigs. So I mean, for toupees. Personally, when you started wearing them, did your family or anybody, your friends, say, "Uh, what, what, is, what is this?" Now, this is the thing because it's been very interesting being in Atlanta. Uh-huh. Um, I have not dated for five years since I've been here, and it's uh-huh. always a very, <laughs> it's always a very um, sensitive issue when it comes to dating. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my, my next question. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you missed it. <laughs> now, my family, my family, they don't, they're used to me. Like, as long as it's not anything over the top. And I usually never go home with anything 
over the top. I've over the top some, meaning like something with length. They're okay with a fade. Like fades. Like I've usually no. The only time I've worn my, I. This is the thing. Usually I'll do things for pictures. Okay. And then I go back to my regular everyday because that's just my preference. Right. Like certain so things you, I just you just don't. may do pictures and post on your Instagram or social media yeah. just for the purpose of just for like the, this is the photo and, shoot and yeah. this is what I want to look like. Mm-hmm. So I have a couple pictures where I have a full unit and it's like Black Jesus and right. it's hair everywhere. And then I went on vacation and I was doing a hair show and so I wore a full unit then too, um, but. Let me follow you on Instagram. Go ahead. So, um, when it comes to going home, most of the time I usually just either wear a Caesar or I'll wear like the the Jadena style of classic. Uh So, uh it's never too long. Um, I'll do a bro knot or something. It never gets really, really crazy. But I have moments where I get this inspiration to do things and it usually never makes it to the light of day. Right. (laughs) Because it's just like that's a little bit too far for me. Uh Um, and back to the whole dating thing, mm-hmm, when, it comes, <laughs> when it comes to um, when it comes to dating and having conversations about certain things, because I am an artist, mm-hmm. I understand how temporary things are. Mm-hmm. And I understand it's just an aesthetic for me. Okay. So it's not who I am. It's not like, once again, queening out. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like, you know, it's not this whole you think there's an, identity. Yeah, you think there's an association it. because you I do. wear an installation that somehow you're flamboyant or over the top. Right, right. Because a lot of men want this whole, like, it's this whole DL thing. They right. want this whole DL presentation or this very uber-masculine presentation. Mm-hmm. And I maneuver through a lot of circles. Mm-hmm. So I, I maneuver through circles where... And not that the circles I maneuver through I have to be flamboyant, right. but... There are certain circles where I'm gonna where I code switch. So right. if and I'm you talking, was well, just like with black people, you know, right? We code switch. When you in the hood, you're not gonna talk a certain way. When you in, in corporate, you're gonna talk a certain way. And it's the same thing for me. When I'm in a certain field or in a certain when there's a certain expectation of a stylist, uh-huh. I'm not gonna come in a regular corporate button up. If I'm supposed to be stylish right. or if I'm supposed to be trend setting. I'm probably going to have my chest out. I'm probably going to show a little body. I'm going to probably be a little fashion forward. And a lot of times, people can't grasp the whole of who I am. Right. Um, so it makes it really, really difficult when it comes to dating. And then, not to add, like, you got a hairpiece. So, <laughs> so have, you, have you ever felt, I guess, nervous to, to acknowledge or admit to somebody that maybe you're interested in or in a dating context that you wear? I mean, I know that, I know that it became viral, in a sense, like, right. with, your, with your work. But we can't assume that everybody that you would encounter right. would know about it. Right. And so is there this period where you ever feel like, oh, how am I going to tell him that this is not my hair? Yeah, you know what? And I was almost tempted to ask to pose this to women. Because it's like, right. <laughs> like girls. Like, how, do you let him, how do you let him know that you're a typical like, right. <laughs> Right, so help help a brother out because right. I'm I'm not used to this conversation. Right, because um, for me, um, it usually just kind of most of my friends t- tend to know, um, mm-hmm. and it's something that's okay. But like I said, I haven't dated, and I don't know if that's part of the issue. I don't know. That's, that's do a whole you lot think of whole that you would be that. nervous? Like if you met somebody, do you think that you would feel the need to? Not let him see you without. Oh no, that's one thing. You either gonna see me with hair or without hair. Now I'm not. No, I don't do that. Uh-huh. You will never, unless if I'm getting paid a pretty penny uh-huh. for you to see an application without my hair. You're either gonna see me with hair or without hair. You're not gonna see in between. You're not gonna see George Jefferson. 
So if we were together, uh-huh. I would never wake up and see you. No, you're not going to see my hairpiece laid on this. Oh, oh Why would you, you wouldn't feel like you could be completely open with me like that? It's, it's me personally. That's my own personal standard. So again, my question is, so you don't think you would you'd be comfortable It's not with about me, me being like comfortable about... I, I don't want to look at myself that way. Okay. There's certain ways that I just prefer to enter the world, and I'd rather even be in my private space in that way. Like, literally, if I'm at home and I don't have my unit on, there's, there's, I only leave my unit on for a short amount of time because I just don't like that whole, like, it's like either, either you're there or you're not. So is there, <laughs> do you have to sometimes allow your scalp to breathe? No. No, um, I, because my hair and my scalp has become accustomed to the application. Now, at first, that's one thing when it comes to people who, a lot of my clients, so I have to let them know. Mm-hmm. First applications, a couple of times, it's probably going to be a lot of irritation because your scalp and your, your hair is not used to it. But after, mm-hmm. like, it's no problem for me. So irritation meaning it might itch or it may, may break out or bumps or something? Breakout, ingrown hairs, depends mm-hmm. on your hair texture um, because it's being shaved and then also you're applying glue to it. So, there's so how do you remedy that? Um, you're, as a client, like your scalp gets used to it. Literally, uh, your scalp gets adjusted to it. So, um, do you need to wash it, or just kind of just let it? You, d- you just kind of get adjusted to it because with with shampooing the hair and with doing, you don't want to use a lot of oils. You don't want to use a lot of things that would mess up, interfere with the bonds. The bond, yeah. Of the of the glue, so shampooing it does that. So that's why mine don't last as long because, like I said, I usually <laughs> I'm in the shower. I'm the most. I do the most when it comes to um, my whole grooming thing. But um, the, the scalp gets accustomed to it after time. <laughs> Interesting. Are there instances where sometimes you see people who probably have man weaves that we don't know, that maybe the rest of us may not be able to recognize because they are just that good? Yeah. Um, well, it depends. Most of the time, if you just know that their hair has not... Certain things I pay attention to mm-hmm. that I know to notice that mm-hmm. others may not. Um, whereas the untrained, I may not be able to see certain things, certain things I do notice. Mm-hmm. Um, typically what, and I, I'm one of those hairstylists too, that I don't judge other people's work. Mm-hmm. I let people be in their own moment. So if that's your moment. Are you ever out and you see somebody? Like, I see a lot of, I see a lot of hair that I personally would not like to wear or do. But are there instances where you're out and you see a guy and he's thinning or whatever, you can see he's holding on to this little bit of hair and you're like, listen, I can help you. Do you ever feel I like see, that? you know, I, like I said, I like to allow people to be in their moment. Now, you already see and you know what I do. Well, and well, if, they if they don't, if they don't know, right. that's a, that's another instance. But I just think at this time, it's, and I don't know, maybe sometimes I think that with being in Atlanta, everything's so common and becomes so viral. It's just like either you know about it or you don't. Right. So sometimes when I'm in areas that aren't as much talk about things or it's not as trending mm-hmm. um, sometimes it is putting people on the things mm-hmm. but things happen so quickly here in Atlanta you know like it's like it's a trend and like, you know people are mm-hmm. on it really mm-hmm. really quickly um, so it's just like if you are still that may be something you're not comfortable with mm-hmm. so then I just let them have do you find that your clients male clients are often embarrassed or, or want to be anonymous if you will yes they don't want anybody to know are there instances yes. where they have asked you to sign a non-disclosure no no I'm okay. very very respectful of that mm-hmm. um, and that comes from my own like I said even myself I don't like people to see like you're either going to see me with hair or without mm-hmm. hair now I did have an instance I just thought about something I did have an instance where someone saw me without my hair but it was a client so I was just we were sharing in our moment <laughs> you know uh, like and you let him see uh, yeah he because um, I was actually about to apply my hair so Mm-hmm. Um, I was in between an application, but um, and I was servicing his hair. So 
it was just like we were sharing a moment. And it was like relatable. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's like a very closed, you know, right. I, I don't like to, even when it, my clients, I try to keep the, the spacing out so there's not a lot of Right, overlap. Inter- intersection of right. you seeing, and especially like even if I do have clients that intersect, what I'll try to do most of the time too is even retain their privacy as it relates to not allow my clients to see them until their hair is either on, reapplied yeah. or concealing it when it's not on. Mm-hmm. So, because I, I just, you know, right. Man. So you space <laughs> the appointments out so that yeah, no yeah. I, I'm always surprised at the guys who. Allow their pictures to be circulated, and you're showing your whole process. Kudos to you, Nick. Mm-hmm. You like I said, you will not see me. You are going to see Michael either done or or without mm-hmm. hair. Like you're not going to see the in between. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on the podcast to share with your um, share your experience and your knowledge on this topic. Um, if this is your first time listening to so much to say, the podcast is available for free. And Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you can listen to a podcast. We're here each and every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tuesday through Friday, I am live on Facebook. My Facebook is Craig the Writer Stewart. And for information about me, my books, or where I will be touring, visit www.craigtherighterstewart.com. Be safe. Keep loving yourself.